I want you to open up your heart. You know, Mark is my son, and I'm, I'm, I know that I'm a little bit biased because I think he's an amazing young man. <clears throat> you know, Mark has an ability to focus. And, and you know, I, I could tell you stories of when he was, you know. But Mark has an ability to focus that sometimes he doesn't get distracted by the things that are sometimes what we think is important. <laughs> And sometimes he gets so engulfed in the Word of God that he just brings it alive. And I am so proud of him and the young adults and what he's doing, him and Ashley. Um, some of you know that we were blessed to go on a trip to California to a minister's conference. I'll give you one story. And uh, Mark's not that one. <laughs> and and Mark is and I have just attended a wonderful service in Reading. Uh, Bill Johnson, some of you have heard of him. And he spoke just a simple message that really just, man, just rang the bell for me. And so when we were going to our next destination in the car, the rented car that we had rented, and Mark had been driving, and, and we were just so engulfed in what was being said that Sunday, and we talked about it right about halfway between here and nowhere. The car went, bonk! Boom, boom, boom. And Mark said, did I hit something? One, two, three. Dad, we're out of gas. <laughs> At that second, the gauge is on my emotional chart here. What? But that's my son. He is so engulfed in listening and talking about what was said that day. We just blew right through that. It took me a while to get over that. I'll just be honest with you. But sometimes we all need to kind of forget all that distractions, all that stuff. Come on, Pastor, can't we talk about the Word of God and not run out of gas? Yeah, but don't go that far on me. Today, let's give a hand to Mark Miller as he comes and presents the Word of God. I love you, Mark. Give me a hug. Cool. Yeah. Praise God. I um super excited to uh, get to minister to you today. Growing up, <clears throat> I remember Tracy Tuning was like, you know, a hero in our, our, our house, you know. We, uh, we didn't get to see her very often, but she was our, she was like our, you know, our arm. We're part of the body that's like rooted here, and she's like the branch out over. And um, I remember um, growing up, the first things first, you know, every time you get your birthday money, the first things first my mom's hit me with. The birthday money was the same every year. Like I couldn't remember the math from last year. How much is 10%, son? And so I'm counting out my tithe, you know, it might take me like 10 or 15 minutes, you know, but count out my tithe. And then right after that, and, and I would think, how much should I give to Tracy Tuning? And, you know, so I want to tell you that uh, I believe the, the Lord has a word for me, for you. And um, I want you to um, open your hearts to that. Uh, my dad said something just a minute ago. He said, Open your heart to what the Lord has to say. 
Um, practically, that's a lot easier said than done, right? Because how do I open my heart? Um, but in the young adults and in the youth group, we kind of do something. And so young adults, why don't you stand with me? And everybody, why don't you stand with me? Young adults kind of help pave the way for some of this. The young adults know exactly what's happening right now. Right now, we're just going to invite the Lord to come and be a part of what we're doing. This, I'm not saying this is the only right way to, uh, to, to, to do a church service, but this is the way that the Lord's guided me. And I want you to partner with me in what God's doing. So would you just ask the Lord with me, with your mouth. He's given you a mouth, and he said about it, he said that life and death is in the power of your tongue. So let's call on the name Jesus. What would happen if you heard Johnny, Justin, what would happen? Your, you, your attention would turn to see who's called your name. And I, I want you to join with me in calling on the name of Jesus right now. I want you to join your faith with mine and ask him to come and be a part of what we're doing right now. Can you do that with me? Let's pray. Let's open up our heart to what Jesus is doing. Jesus, we ask that you would come and, and partner with us. We just want you. This is the cry of our heart, Father. Jesus, for my family, Jesus, from the mountaintop in the street, we just want you. We want your presence. We know that it changes everything. Lord, help us to hear your voice, to be able to distinguish your voice from all of the noise, from all of the distraction. We want you. We want to hear you. It's all fading and it's all, it's all fleeting, but you, Lord, you remain the same. You are the cornerstone. We are built around you. So right now, we just put all of our faith in you and we depend on you, Jesus. Be strong right now, Father. Be strong right now. In Jesus' name we pray. Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Y'all can have a seat. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. My message today is titled, The Power of Something Hidden. The Power of Something Hidden. In Psalm chapter 119.11, as you go there, put your finger in uh, Matthew chapter 6. In Psalm 119.11, it says, I have hidden your word in my heart so that I may not sin against you. I have hidden your word in my heart, so that I may not sin against you. Treasured, hidden. I've hidden your word in my heart, that I may not sin against you. I want to tell you right now that the word of God is the most valuable thing in, in, in ex existence. The existence itself, the universe itself, everything that was made was created because of the word of God. Let me tell you something that just might wake you up on the inside a little bit, give you some new hope. The Word of God has the power to make you not sin. Some of you that feel like you can never get out of your sin, the Word of God in your heart has the power to cause you not to sin. Somebody say amen. You can have, this. there's new hope in that the Word of God can, can give me the ability to do what before I couldn't do. But it's not just the Word of God. In Psalm 119, it, it, this is a parable about, this is a, a, a word, a psalm about stewardship. I've hidden your word in my heart. I want to tell you something. You have heard the word of God. That's good news. You have heard the word of God. Jesus said, my sheep know my voice. You have heard the voice of the Lord. 
that's just cause to get excited right there. He said to, he said to, to Satan when he tried to tempt him, when he was at his weakest, most vulnerable point, he said, to, he said to the enemy, he said, man does not live on bread alone, but everything that comes out of the mouth of God. We don't have life on, uh, uh, from anything but what God gives us from his mouth. What he tells us brings us back to life. My whole life, I feel like, um, I feel like my calling in life is to help people hear the word and the voice of God. He speaks to us through his word, amen? But his spirit is trying to talk to us every day. He's, he, would, he would direct our steps if we'll let him, if we'll be obedient. Sometimes we can only see the destination lit up, the promised land, but the journey is directed by him. You read Deuteronomy where they're taking, where the Lord's leading the children of Israel, and he actually, it, it has an account, like a journal, of every place that they went and stayed and camped. We stayed here for three days. We stayed here. We didn't go anywhere for seven days, but then we went, we traveled for a day, and then we stopped, and then we, you know, it's all there. It's all there. And, and I want to tell you that the Lord, he's leading you, and he has a journey for you, and he, he knows how to get you where he promised you. But we have to be able to hear his voice. We've got to be able to distinguish it and tell it apart from all of the noise, all of the lies. This is so important. I want to tell you, I want to reaffirm the fact that you do hear his voice. If you didn't, you'd be dead. <laughs> Praise God. Man doesn't live on bread alone, but everything that proceeds out of the mouth of God. If you hadn't heard his word by now, you'd already be dead. So we've got to hear his voice in order to live your life. Congratulations. You've heard the word of God. Praise the Lord. But there is a whole nother, there's a whole nother step to this thing, and that is what are you doing with it? What are you doing with the word of the Lord when you hear it? I've hidden your word in my heart that I may not sin against you. Hold your finger in Matthew chapter 6. We're not going there yet. We're going to jump over to Luke chapter 8. Luke chapter 8 is where uh, Jesus gives us the parable of the sower. And I love, this I love this chapter in the Bible because Jesus teaches everybody. And he says, there was a farmer that went out. And he scattered seed on these different kinds of soil. And he goes through, you know, the hard soil and the, you know, the soft soil and the rocky and the thorny soil. And then he just says, whoever has ears, let him hear. And that's Jesus' sermon for the day. That is, that is the word of God incarnate. That's his word for the people of the day. It's like, Jesus, are you here to tell us about the kingdom of God? I already knew that about a farmer. <laughs> I already knew that. And then his disciples pull him aside and they go, hey, what are you talking about? <laughs> Jesus, what is this about? What do you, what do you, what, what is all this about? He starts, he says, now when a large crowd was coming together and those from various cities were journeying to him, he spoke by way of a parable. He said, a farmer went out to plant his seed. He scattered it across his field. Some of the seed fell on the footpath where it was stepped on and the birds ate it. It was stepped on and the birds ate it. Other seed fell among rocks, 
It began to grow. But the plant soon withered and died for lack of moisture. Seed fell among the thorns that grew up with it and choked out the tender plants. Verse 8, still other seed fell on fertile soil. This seed grew and produced a crop that was a hundred times as much as had, had been planted. When he had said this, he called out, anyone with ears, here it goes, anyone with ears, he sh- uh, 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 anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. And then his disciples pull him apart. And then in Mark 8, you see how later they actually pulled him to the side and were like, what are you, what's going on? And Jesus says, you are permitted to understand the secrets of the kingdom of God. But I use parables to teach the others so that the scriptures might be fulfilled. When they look, they won't really see. When they hear, they won't understand. And then he says, this is the meaning of the parable. Before I go on, um, I just want to tell you, you, it's been permitted to you to know the, the secrets of the kingdom of heaven. Just let that go off of you. If you've ever felt like you were the one that God was hiding himself from, he's not hiding himself um, because he doesn't want you to find him. He's hiding himself so that you would find him in a unique way. That only you would know him in this unique way that you've had with him because you went after him in a secret place. He desires a secret place with you. And I'm just going to go on or else I'm going to spoil the whole message, you know. Say my conclusion. I do that all the time. I get up and say my conclusion before I've even started. Okay, so he says, this is the meaning of the parable. The seed is God's word. The seeds that fell on the footpath represent those who hear the message only to have the devil come and take it away from their hearts and prevent them from, uh, from believing and being saved. The seed is God's word. How many of y'all are so thankful for a pastor who preaches God's word? We're not just getting opinions and topical sermons based on um, who's, which pastor's not doing the right thing and what's going on in the news every week. We've got a pastor who preaches the word of God. And here's the scary thing. I can be tempted. I won't say we. I won't get into that because I know it's just me, you know, and all those other people who visited back in the day. But there's this temptation to say, because I didn't feel it, or because nothing happened, or, 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 or maybe the experience wasn't that great for me like I thought it would. Maybe that, uh, you know, God's presence wasn't there. Maybe I'm still just praying and lonely waiting for God's presence to fill the church and my life. This is me. I'm just being honest. But I love how Jesus says, nah, not really. It's more about the stewardship. There is no problem with God's word. There is no problem with the words of God that give us life. The problem is with the soil. Okay, we're going to keep going. Once again, I'm getting going too fast. Going too fast. The seeds that fell on the footpath... Um, represent those who hear the message only to have the devil come and take it away from their hearts and prevent them from believing and being saved. The seeds on the rocky soil represent those who hear the message and receive it with joy. But since they don't have deep roots, 
Mark 4 says they don't have any firm root. Since they don't have any deep roots, I always keep walking away and then I lose my place. They believe for a while because they don't have deep roots. They believe for a while, then they fall away when they face temptation. The seeds that fell among the thorns represent those who hear the message, but are all too, but all too quickly the message is crowded, crowded out by the cares and riches and pleasures of this life. And so they never grow into maturity. Mark 4, where, where Mark records the same uh, teaching here, he records the exact same uh, parable. It, it says that they bring no fruit to maturity. They're crowded out. The word of God is crowded out. And it, that because of that, that plant brings no fruit to maturity. I want you to notice something. The plant still lives. It just brings no fruit to maturity. I think that there's a lot of people who are alive in Christ. They're just not bringing any fruit to maturity. And not because you're not hearing the word of God. Your whole life is based on the word of God. There's just a whole lot of other planted things in your garden. And they're crowding out your attention. They're crowding out your affection. They're crowding your brain, where your, your spirit, where the word of God is supposed to be planted. And think about it. We should clean out the whole way for the Lord. John the Baptist said, um, uh, Eli, uh, Isaiah said it, and John the Baptist made the way. He said, every, every mountain be laid low and every valley be lifted up. Uh, make straight the, wor- uh, the way for the Lord. Make straight the way for the Lord. In our life, everything needs to be leveled out. Justin at Christ Haven, he's making a little garden. He's making a little garden where we're going to grow fruits and vegetables for the kids. It's amazing. Can't wait. And I'm pretty excited. And he starts off with the, with the topsoil. And I'm like, okay, bro, you planting something? What's going on over here? What? He's got like hay on the ground. I'm like, whoa. It like might as well be magic to me. You know what I mean? Wow. He's got hay on the ground. I would have never thought of that. It's genius. So I'm like, okay, tell me about the, where this hay area. And he goes, no. I'm starting over in here. That's for like next year. What? Yeah, that's for way later. That soil has to become soft. That's, I've got to work that soil for a long time before it's ready to bear fruit, before it's ready to receive a plant, for a plant to grow out of it. It's going to take some time. I'm working over in here. I'm like, what? okay, show me where you're working, you know, behind here. Wow. And it's like in this little contained area. And I'm like, well, that's super boring. Let's plow field, you know. <laughs> Let's get it going, you know. Watermelons in everybody's front yards. I've heard the story, you know. I want some of these watermelons, you know. But he's saying, I've got to work this soil because it's got to hold oxygen. It's got to hold moisture. It's got to be ready. And see, the thing about our heart is it's got to be made ready for the word of the Lord. Or else we won't bring anything to maturity. Listen, we might live, we might survive, but we bring no fruit to maturity. I heard one, uh, send your kids to youth camp, man, I'm telling you, encourage you. I heard a youth speaker uh, one time at camp say, uh, forget about it, your works will never get you into heaven. He said, your works, not one work that you do will, will get you into heaven. Nothing, not all of it, not some of it, none of it. Just believe in Jesus. He said, but your works might get somebody else into heaven. I was like, whoa, whoa. For you to do what Jesus told you to do, go into all the world and make disciples, 
For you to be what he made you to be, you've got to clear out the garden so that you can bring some fruit to maturity. The Bible tells us that, that Paul tells us in his, in his um, epistle that um, the, the fruit of the Spirit is actually character. It's actually good character that we, that we show. It, it's in our character, the way we love one another, that we, we demonstrate that we are Jesus' disciples. He said that. So we have to spread out the worries of this life. I might have to read it in Mark. I'm just not feeling it in Luke, man. I don't know. I was like in Luke. I was like in Luke all week. Matthew, Mark. Where's Mark? I don't even read Mark. No, I'm just kidding. Take this with me. Time is just multiplying itself today. Hallelujah. Okay. Okay, we're going to skip to where Jesus breaks it down for us here. In Mark 4, chapter, uh, chapter 4, verse 18, he says, The seed that fell among the thorns represents others who hear God's word, but too quickly the message is crowded out by the worries of this life. Jesus said, don't let your heart be troubled. Before he left, he said, don't let your heart be troubled. Don't let your hearts be troubled. In another place, he said, from the fullness of the heart, the mouth speaks. Let me tell you something. If you're just, if you're allowing your heart to go unchecked, troubled for a while, it's going to come out of your mouth. Listen, we impart things to one another with our words. We impart things to one another with our words. So it's very important that we don't let our hearts be full of worry and trouble because we will start, what's the word, reproducing that other, those other weeding plants that are growing in our life. And if, we're, if we let our heart be full of worry, that's going to come out of our mouth, and it's like a bee carrying pollen around, you know, and pollinating all the plants, right? If we let our heart be full of worry, we might think we're speaking all the, like, the right things. I'm going by the script, right? I'm... I'm, I, I think I'm being encouraging, but don't be fooled from the fullness of your, the heart. It's going to come out of your mouth. And then you're going to reproduce in others, your families, what is not necessarily pleasing to the Lord. We must allow him to fill up our heart with, with his word. It has to be the meditation of my heart. I've hidden your word in my heart. Praise the Lord. I want to get to like the conflicting, the most conflicting part of this whole message. I feel it is like the, like where the rubber meets the road. Jesus gives us this parable and he's talking about seed going in soil. Why would you, Jesus, why would you? He does it intentionally and what he's saying is, the seed just, he's, he's, I mean, he's the same God who inspired the psalmist in Psalm 119. I've hidden your word in my heart. I've hidden your word in my heart. And so now he's coming and saying the seed must be hidden in your heart. He plants, he scatters it, and it must be able to go down in. Okay, let me bring this thought all together here. Jump over with me to Matthew 6.6. 6. I know I got a lot of... 
I promised myself I would be like that preacher that only preaches like one Bible verse, right? But I'm having you guys like go all through your Bible. Matthew 6, 6. Jesus says when he's teaching people how to pray. How many know it's important how you pray? Yeah, it's important. It's not just, you know, I've heard this in my life. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's about your heart. None of that matters. Everything doesn't matter. Jesus said, when you pray, don't pray like this. Pray like this. <laughs> he said, he said uh, what did he say? He said, he said uh, don't pray like those guys out in the open. Come pray over here in secret. He gives us instructions. He says, don't yammer. He says, just pray, you know, this way. So we have clear instruction on how to pray, and so uh, we should let that, that shape us. But here is one of the instructions that he gave us. He said, but when you pray, He said, don't be like the hypocrites who go out and they pray so that they can be heard. He said, but when you pray, when you pray, go away by yourself. Shut the door behind you and pray to your father in private. Now, I don't know about you. I'm a pretty social person. I'm like, dude, if I didn't pray with, like, other people to go, yeah, amen, was I even praying? If I don't, you know, if I don't get connected like heart to heart and get a little energy going, yeah. Was it even, was the Lord even there, right? Sometimes it's a lot more, uh, less experiential, less emotional when I'm by myself. There's nobody to prop me up and say, yeah, you're doing good. When I'm by myself, I'm really relying on the Lord. I'm really showing my faith that he is hearing me. Pray to your Father in private. Oh, my goodness. I love this. Pray to your Father in private. In private. There's got to be a secret place. Pray to your Father in private. Then your Father, who sees everything, will reward you. Your Father, who sees everything, will reward you. Let me tell you something. It can't always be about what we're doing with everybody else. It can't always be a shared experience. Some things in our walk with Jesus, we've got to go in alone. There's got to be some firm root that nobody else can see. That plant might look really good, but man, it might not even have a firm root. Jesus said that it's got to have a firm root. How many of y'all can go out and see the big old root system of some of these big trees? No hands. Because they're hidden. I'm telling you, here's my nice little statement. I hit the young adults with this a couple months ago. No root, no fruit. No root, no fruit. If you don't have any firm roots, if you don't have anything hidden, there's going to be no fruit coming off of your tree where everybody can see. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So he's got to have this private place with you. That's what he wants. He wants to work something out in you where he'll show everybody else. Sometimes if, if I keep something to myself, like something that the Lord's walking me through, and I don't go and, like, bounce it off of somebody else, or I don't go talk to some, my mom about it, you know, my dad about it, if I don't bring it to sometime, sometimes I'll think, man, is this even, like, real? Am I just tripping about this? Is this, it, what am I doing with this? Is this, is this really God? But he wants that secret place with you. Or maybe, let me tell you this, maybe he'll drop something so good in my heart that I just can't wait to share it. I've got to see everybody's face light up when they see it. 
when they hear what I've said. But sometimes the Lord puts his finger over my mouth and just goes, Mark, just preach Christ and him crucified for a minute. Let this seed work in you, and I'll bring it out of you in your actions. Much fruit will come off of your tree if you just let the seed grow. Let it grow in the, in the secret place. And the Lord brings the reward in public. By the way, I think it was worth hitting on. It's all for a reward. Amen? It's all for a reward. We do this all for a reward. Hebrews says, uh, without faith is impossible to please God. And he must, whoever comes to God, he must, Hebrews 11, he must come knowing that he is God, that he is, and that he is the one who died on the cross for your, I mean, yeah, that he is the one who created and, I mean, yeah, but what you need to know to activate your faith is that he is he is, and he is the one who, who rewards those who diligently seek him. If you're not doing this for a reward, let me tell you, you're going to burn out. You're not going to last very long. Ooh, and now the time's ticking away. We do it secretly. We go privately before the Lord so that we can receive the reward that he has for us. Praise the Lord. What happens is, I think sometimes we want to share what God's doing secretly, privately in us because we want affirmation before we keep going. Am I going to waste time with this? I feel like he's promised me something, but, and I really feel like it's just between me and him and nobody would understand it, but I feel like if I share with other people, like, it'll make me feel better about obeying him. If I listen to him, if I talk to people, maybe I'll feel better. Maybe it'll, it'll be better, but let me tell you this. Sometimes we lose confidence, our confidence shifts in his work in us. That all these things, sometimes we want to tell people because we're not as confident in, his, in what he's doing in us. Sometimes the fruit that comes off of our plant, we're like, whoo, where did that come from? That did not come from Jesus, you know. That was bad fruit. And he's in us, he's working in us in the private place, working to, oh, Am I just dripping up here? Am I leaking? I thought to myself, they can't see. They don't know. Dude, there's so many things I promised myself I wouldn't be, and that's like a sweaty preacher. I've seen people recoil, and I thought, was that the spirit? Oh, I spit on them. Like, I just, the spirit was imparted, you know, but now I just spit on them. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Bruno. Thank the Lord. Okay, let me just hit something really quick. In Proverbs 18.8, the word of God says, The words of a whisperer, a gossip, are like dainty morsels to be eaten. I'm reading that amplified. To be eaten. They go down into the innermost chambers of the body to be remembered and mused upon. The words of a gossip are like dainty morsels that go down. I mean, just follow me for a second. That's bad seed. We all, yeah, that's bad seed. I want to tell you that the good seed that comes from the Lord, his words about us, they're designed also to go into the most innermost chambers of who we are. They're made to go into the deep, dark, secret places of who we are to where it can change who we are. It's got to go into the, it's got to go into the secret place or it will never make it to the public place. It's got to go into the secret place. Let me just... Uh, 
Take you to Philippians chapter 2.13. Jump over there really quick. Underline it. I thought I was a Christian until my mom showed me this verse when I was probably like, you know, like 25. I'm like, what? I haven't seen this, you know? We must have something hidden in us. The Lord must, his words must be hidden somewhere deep inside of us. Or else what's coming in life, the worries of this world, desires for other things, they're going to destroy our fruitfulness. It's going to happen. But we must have, we must keep a secret place with the Lord. In Philippians chapter 2.13 it says, For it is God who is at work within you. It is God who is at work within you. Both to desire and to work for his good pleasure. Let me tell you, it's not your work on your best day that makes you pleasing or able to do what God wants for you. You can't, you, it, all your work put together, all your Bible study with focus, all of, your, all of your fervent prayers, it's not you that makes you pleasing to the Lord. It is his work in you that makes you pleasing to him. It's his work in you that, that, that gives you the ability to actually please him. Otherwise, our, 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 our whole life is like Romans 7. I do what I want to do, and I, I don't want to do this, but I do it anyway, and what will I do? <laughs> you know? But if we keep something hidden for the Lord, if we keep something hidden, something where nobody else can go, a secret place with him, that's where he sets us up for reward. That's where he sets us up for our destiny in him. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Dad, I'm full.